Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, it is officially official. Lots of news happening around the Maple Leafs in the NHL, but we will kick it off very shortly. want to give a huge shout out to our friends over at Boxing Rock Brewing Co. Always the big beer for the big game and a couple big games coming up for the Maple Leafs this week with the Ottawa Senators. And of course, we have the Nashville Predators, two revenge games, and we'll get to one of those here in just a moment. I'm Clark, man. The big news, everything that we talked about for months on John Klingberg, it feels like, has finally come to fruition. He is now going to be on LTIR. He's going for a hip surgery. Um, Who would have guessed? Yeah, you know what, James? I'm so glad that the plan uh, that Brad Tree Living had in the offseason of signing Klingberg so that he could purposefully get hurt and that we could use that $4.15 million on LTIR that that was such a perfectly well thought out plan, and I'm just so glad that it's finally coming to fruition. And all the hard work behind the scenes to make this happen is is finally paying off. It's it's great to see, James. Well, you know, it was a constant uh, Revo hip checks, from what I hear, into the counter at yeah. the Maple Leaf Lounge, and you know, different things just chipping away at that hip of Klingberg. So yeah, you know, everybody played a part that was brought in. I heard Bert was uh, pretty well into it too. You know, whacking with sticks, hence the reason why they're breaking on the ice. So. A lot of things went into it, but finally he's uh, gone. But in all seriousness, uh, we wish Klingberg nothing but the best. Obviously, he will go get surgery. Yes. Who knows if he resumes his career? Um, some guys can come back. Some guys can't. Uh, guys that do, like Sagan and Ben, take a while to get rolling. Guys like Nicholas Backstrom, a little long in the tooth, a little bit older. He looks like he's hanging up his skates. So we'll see where Klingberg falls in this one. But uh, he's not the only defenseman on the Toronto Maple Leafs, Clark, that is now nicked up and will be gone for about four to six weeks. And that's Mark Giordano, um, a guy that really doesn't stop for the Leafs, always plays every game. He's always in there. He's blocking shots. He's doing what he needs to do. And this is how he got hurt on this one. Four to six weeks, no Geo. But for me, like I said, you guys in the group chat, maybe this gives him a little bit of time to have some extra juice in the tank come later in the season where he will be able right now to kind of enjoy the holidays. Um, He'll be on the ice, probably skating and conditioning and stuff, but there won't be a lot of rigors going through his body. Uh, He probably won't be traveling with the team. He'll get to be home. Um, Nothing wrong with that, man. I I think recharging the batteries for a guy like Gio at his age isn't a bad idea. Yeah. I really like that perspective on it. And, 
you know, one thing we said last year a lot was how good he was and how impactful he was for the Leafs and just kind of how steadying he was uh, for so much of the season. And then just by the end of it and just into the playoffs, you just kind of started seeing him maybe losing a step on a guy here and there. And that's not the typical Mark Giordano that we were all used to seeing all year long. And this is a, you know, a month essentially where he can, like you said, this isn't going to affect his skating routine. Like he's still going to skate. It's just his hand. So he, he can't play. He can't shoot and pass and all those other things, but he's still going to be skating. Uh, so this is, like you said, I'm going to look at this as almost a best case scenario because in a, in a few different ways, a, like you said, he gets to stay in shape, uh, but also take time off and rest and spend some time with his family, which is going to be huge, I think, for him at this point in his career. Uh, but two, now we get to see a couple other guys as well get a little bit more action. Uh, we get to see William Legison. We get to see Simone Benoit. We get to see maybe a Max Lejoie come back up uh, and get a little bit more time just to kind of see uh, how those guys are going to be, maybe see what kind of depth this team has. Uh, because, I mean, let's face it. I, I know we just joked about Klingberg, obviously. Uh, but with with Klingberg, uh, Liljegren, and Giordano all out right now, McCabe just got back not that long ago. Uh, you know, that's like four of the six Leafs defensemen that have been injured for a good chunk of the season, if not the whole season. Uh, so now we're looking at a guy like Simone Benoit. And I think by all means, James, I think you'd agree with me. He's been a very good replacement. Uh, William Legison has shown signs of being solid. Uh, Lejoie was fine. You know, he didn't really get a whole lot of ice time. Uh, but you're seeing these guys kind of step in. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, especially before Christmas, to see kind of what you got in the guys that you have. And Timmons, obviously, is, as well as another name, I should say, who's been hurt and is back. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing some things from some of these guys that aren't bad. And I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing a little bit more of it, honestly, because um, it hasn't been bad and it hasn't lost them games necessarily. So, um you know, it's going to be good to get a lot of these guys back, obviously, or go out and get, make this trade market acquisition uh, with all this new LTIR space. Of course, that's the other thing um, that we, you know, might talk about next or or coming up, uh, as I can see beside me uh, this way. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just uh, I don't mind it. And, and it's I think, like you said, this could be a little bit of a blessing in disguise for a guy like Mark Giordano, who is the oldest active player in the NHL. Yeah, I fully agree with what I said, and I fully agree with your synopsis as well. So, yeah, I, I've long said, I said last year, I think they should have rested Giordano. And, you know, I've been hit over the head sometimes when I talk about maintenance days for players and maybe uh, load management, the, you know, the old term that I was using last year. But uh, for a guy like Giordano, it makes sense. And I, I agree with you too. Lagason and Benoit, they've not only stepped up, but they've really came into this lineup and found their footing. I mean, both guys are kind of physical. Both guys really don't shy away from mixing it up with other players either. So it really bodes well for the Maple Leafs to have these guys that they probably would have went and chased after as depth guys at the trade deadline for physical Jordy Ben-esque kind of guys that can be your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth defenseman on a long run. And these guys are already here. And I'm liking what I'm seeing. I know there's going to be moves. And, yeah, we'll bleed into it. The LTIR space, which is nice for the Maple Leafs. Um, I don't know the exact number they have right now, obviously, with Giordano. Kind of in limbo. I don't think they've officially placed him on LTIR. I could you be won't, wrong. I doubt, he'll, I doubt he'll go on LTIR. He might go on IR, which is a whole different kit and caboodle. And uh, I'm not going to pretend to know how the money stuff works with all the different levels of, of injured reserves. Um, but I know that 
with Geo coming back, it's you don't get the full relief. You might get a little bit, like you might get some accrued relief. I think when you go on IR, I think it's like a what is it like a four week minimum that you have to be on there or something, and then you can come yeah. back. So I think it like prorates it slightly. You might get you might get a hundred k off of a Mark Giordano contract, for example, maybe. Uh, but I'm not exactly sure how that works. Um, but with Klingberg, obviously, it's a whole different. That's a whole different animal. He's out for the year now. They've they've committed to that. He won't be back, meaning that they can use his full uh, amount um, towards their LTIR cap relief, um, which eventually, once they make their trade acquisition, will allow them to add up to, I think, like you said, like about $4 million. Because now you have to remember, I think they, there is some math involved because like he played a few games and I don't know how much that adds into, you know, it's it's crazy. But yeah. essentially $4 million will and should open up for them to utilize in a trade, which just so happens to be just about as much as Chris Tanev makes. I'm going to just throw that out there. Um, and you know what? Like there's, there's more than, there's more than one good player out there that they could go get. But man, the more I think about Chris Tanev jumping in there with Morgan Riley as his partner, I just, uh, makes me smile. No, it definitely makes a lot of people smile. It's something that, uh, the Leafs have with Brody a little bit, but imagine moving Brody down, limiting his minutes a little bit and pairing him a guy like McCabe, or even Lilligren, or whoever you want. Figure it out. Go from there. But yeah, the LTR space is going to be good, guys. And I mean, it sucks that a player has to get injured to get there. But now that we're here, we should be kind of excited for the fact that we have room and the Maple Leafs can make moves, which gives us stuff to talk about. I look at a Chris Tanev. I also look at a guy like maybe Dumba. I know Arizona's rolling right now. But you never know. And like I said before, I don't think this is the only move the Maple Leafs want to make is getting one defenseman. I do think they were they were in on both Zadorov and Chris Tanev. So we know they want multiple pieces, and I think there will be retention and different things done. And I know Conroy really values his retention spots over in Calgary, so it's going to cost them a little bit more to get one of those spots. And I do think they would try to go for a three-team trade to get that number down as low as possible with Tanev to be able to still have more space to do something else and what that might be. I don't think you're seeing anybody in the forward group, really. I think it's another defenseman. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's someone like a Murphy, you know, to add to this D. And one of the players that are there might be going back the other way, like a Lilligren. Or, you know, Brody. Uh, But again, I'll sit here and say I don't want to see TJ Brody go anywhere. I think if you limit his minutes and put him in the proper places, he can be a very effective defenseman. Right now, I think you're starting to see some of the cracks and some of the guys who have to play the extra minutes because they're being stretched a little bit further than they should be. Yeah. Yeah, With TJ Brody, I think there's a really good argument uh, to be made that – his best days are behind him. That doesn't mean he's bad. Um, nope. There's, there's a, I think there's a few people jumping on this, like get rid of TJ Brody train. I've said, get rid of TJ Brody, but that was when they needed money out to bring money in. There's a yep. whole different argument there. That wasn't saying that TJ Brody was not a good fit or he wasn't, you know, a good player. Uh, that was simply when you look at a guy like TJ Brody, who is, he's not the biggest, most physical defenseman. Um, and he's not the most skilled, speedy offensive defenseman he's he is a prototypical two-way defenseman who will play in a lot of situations and give you a lot of minutes but he's not 
he's not the Victor Hedman. He's not, um, you know, even like what Luke Shen was, he's not that guy. So um, I think he has a lot of value for this team as a shutdown uh, defensive two way kind of guy. He's not overly physical, but I think that works really well in the bottom four, like the second pair or the third pair. And I think if you get, um, if you get him paired with a Jake McCabe, for example, or if you even put him with uh, Lilligren when he's back, Brody Lilligren, I think could work really interestingly as kind of a defensive shutdown pair. Cause Lilligren has come a long way in terms of his shutdown ability and his defensive yep. style. So if you paired Brody with him, that might even allow Lilligren's offensive game to come out a little bit more as well, because he has that um, reliable guy beside him and TJ Brody. And if you can, now, like going back to what we were saying earlier, if you compare a Morgan Riley with a right shot, which, you know, I, I've been trying to pay a little bit more attention to the whole left shot, right shot thing this season more than I have in the past. And it is amazing how many times you see a guy on his off wing, uh, off side, I should say, um, have to like slow down, stop up or like reverse himself because he can't catch a pass the right way. He has to catch it on his backhand or he has to turn his body and catch it on his forehand, which makes him stop. And it stops progression of the play. And I'm really, really wondering if Brad Tree Living isn't looking at that and saying, I want to put a right shot with Morgan Riley so that he can progress the play a little bit better. And he doesn't have to always pass it to TJ Brody on his. So TJ Brody has to spin around and turn to catch it on his backside. Yeah. Um, I'm really curious about that. And I know that it's, you know, it's, it's done a lot in the NHL where guy plays on his off wing or offside. That's how that's all the time. But I'm wondering if it's just been long enough. Now he's been with let's, let's name his pairings for the last little while. It was Ron Hainsey. Uh, it was like, who else has he played with Brody for a long time? He's always played. He's majority played with the left shot guy. So yeah. I'd love Chris Tanev's the one I'm going for, but now here's the other thing I read today, James, and this is going to knock your socks off. Uh, I read today that, uh, flames owner, Murray Edwards isn't all that excited to make a trade with Brad tree living. He doesn't want that to be something that the flames do. Uh, so there is an ultra premium on a guy like Chris Tanev. There was an ultra premium on a guy like Nikita Zadorov because he doesn't necessarily want to be looked at as helping out the Leafs or helping out his ex-GM. Now, is that petty? Yeah, for sure. Uh, (laughs) But now that, so like you said, maybe a Connor Murphy comes into play. The Leafs and Blackhawks have a bit of trade history. They've trade talks. They've done some stuff in the past. I look at, you know, depending on how the, the the standings kind of play out in the next little while. Uh, I have to look at it. I actually haven't looked at the standings, especially in the West uh, Conference. I haven't looked at the standings in a while, so maybe I'll just kind of pull it up here as I'm as I'm talking. Uh, but I look at a team like uh, if St. Louis falls off, and maybe after all these years, they look at a guy like Colton Pareko, for example. I know he's got a long term contract. There's a lot of stuff there. I'm just saying. You know, stuff like that could start coming into play. Now, the Blues are pretty close to a playoff spot, so that's probably not going to happen. But, um, you know, that's that's the type of thing. The Blackhawks, Connor Murphy, that would be a really good one. Um, and there's a few other guys as we kind of would go along. If we really wanted to do a deep dive, we probably could. But maybe yeah. that's for another another episode soon. We'll leave um, it for Sunday when a deal is about to be consummated for it by someone. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, so, anyways, either way, uh, they now have this flexibility that they didn't have before long story short here uh, that they don't have to trade TJ Brody. They can make an, they can make the numbers work without having to do that. And that would just make their defensive group that much stronger because you push Brody down. And I think Brody has a ton of value. Like you said, let's just give them 18 minutes a night instead of 23. 
uh, and we're good. We're we're laughing, and that also allows, like you said earlier, earlier, Mark Giordano maybe to have a little bit of lesser load, and then you allow uh, Timothy Lilligren to get back into his game, and Connor Timmins can slide in here and there, and and now we have this depth of Legacy and Benoit that we're we're pleased with at least. Um, so that you just get into a much much better situation. Um, the only thing I will say that I disagree with you. I think at some point they're going to look for another forward. Uh, I just don't think that's right away. I think that's going to be a deadline move. I think they're going to probably try, I, w- I would assume, uh, to get maybe one more center to allow Max Domi to have not have to be that third-line center that they rely on come playoff time. Uh, but that's, again, way down the road. That's, we're talking oh, more. I've seen my best, the best games at a Max Domi at center, at third-line no, center. You're, and you're right. And the third line has been fun. It's been fun, and it's been – uh, in terms of all the advanced numbers, I think the third line is being is fine. Uh, I just wonder with Brad Tree Living's mantra and how he likes to put teams together. I wonder if he might not try to get, you know, like a, a bigger body guy, like an I don't know, like a Nick Bugstad, for example, a big body guy. Not that Nick Bugstad's a fit. I'm just saying a big bodied guy, uh, but somebody like that who could come in and and just kind of be a bigger body, just in the bottom six, even if he's not a dedicated center, but. Maybe they they put him in for that kind of Ryan Reeves, Bobby McMahon spot. They just get a bit of a a different style of player in there. We'll see. I can see it. I also see the Leafs trying to cycle through what they have at the Marley level. Like you Mm -hmm. see Steve's is up. You haven't seen him in yet, but I think they will try everyone first before because now they found money in Benoit and Lagasin where that wasn't an expectation. They were expected to be a a very quick stopgap and okay, we'll use these guys for a moment. But now they look at them and say, okay, hey, this is working well. Who else is now? Nick Robertson's come up. He's contributed. Okay, who else is down there that we can use? Who else is floating around that we haven't really, you know, maybe given an opportunity to yet before you trade outside the organization? And don't forget, not so long ago, there was a growing frustration within the Marlies of players that felt that they've given everything they possibly could. And instead of being called up, the Leafs have made moves and brought in guys instead of using what they have. So I think the Leafs maybe have heard that throughout the organization and want to make sure that guys understand that if you do play well, you will get a shot. You will get an opportunity. Uh, if it doesn't work, then you move on from there. That's basically what you do. But at least then you can say to Alex Steves or Nick Abruzzese or whoever that, hey, we've given you a ride, given you an opportunity. You didn't stick, you know, keep plying your trade down the AHL. We'll see what happens when we move along. But I think that is an option right there. But uh, speaking of options, Clark, our friends over at DraftKings have partnered up with our guys, the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Maybe you want to bet the uh, Toronto-Ottawa game tomorrow, the Battle of Ontario. Download the app now. Use the code THPN. New customers get 150 bucks instantly. In bets for betting just $5 on hockey, that's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-467. 369 in Connecticut. Help is yours for your problem gambling. Call 888 789 777 or visit ccp.org 
please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CTKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. So get over, check out our friends at DraftKings with the promo code THPN. And speaking, speaking of promo codes, felt like one was given out this week by the NHL to all the general managers as the NHL finally <laughs> announces the cap is going up. It's a promo code for NHL GMs. 4.1 or 4.3 <laughs> million dollars, I do believe. It, but it's if you up. want to add 4.3 million dollars to the salary cap, just include code NHL 4.3 in, <laughs> in your order today. <laughs> Absolutely the way to do it. Segway it all the way. Yeah. But um, yeah, so the cap is going up, which instantly everyone gets a little excited about because it means a little bit more wiggle room for your favorite team. It also means four more million dollars that could be allocated to a new Austin Matthews deal, to a new William Nylander contract. Um, a lot of people freaking out because William Nylander needs a big deal. Where are they going to get the money? Well, the Maple Leafs are going to get four more million dollars. Plus, they do have deals coming off the book. But, Clark, how do you feel about the cap finally going up to 87.4, is it? Uh, 87.7, I think I saw. 87.7? Okay, yeah. so cap going up to 87.7. How do you feel about that? We've talked about this for a while. The cap should have been at 93-something plus million dollars two seasons ago. Forecasted now probably over $100 million should be the cap. So mm-hmm. we're finally getting some yay room. But yeah. it's not huge GA room, but still $4.1 million is nothing to snub your nose at, especially for teams like the Leafs that are consistently and constantly strapped to that cap. Yeah, every every dollar counts. And we've seen that because we've seen them literally scrape by and make stuff happen with Brandon Pridham at the helm in Toronto. Uh, now, one thing I will say is it's a great number because if you look at it, uh, Matthews already has that built in. What is it? Two million dollar raise or whatever he's getting, um, just under two million. Um, and you, like you said, Nylander is going to be getting uh, a good chunk. Now that's going to be probably you're looking at like somewhere around the three million dollar range. Um, so when you look at it as four point whatever it is, uh, the cap going up, then you look at TJ Brody's number coming off, which is five million flat. Uh, I. With all this defensive stuff that we've been talking about today, I, I still just don't think that they're going to bring TJ Brody back, especially at that number. Um, so that's another five point uh, five, well, five million dollars. So you're looking at I think almost TJ Brody does come back, by the way, at a two million okay. dollar deal. I, if he comes back at a discount, that's great. But you're still looking at you're still looking at close to ten million dollars coming off the books just with that cap increase and TJ Brody alone. Then you got well Bertuzzi, which is over five, Domi, which is three. Um, and, and multiple others, which would add up. So you're looking at, you know, obviously that's going to get spent, but you're looking at, you're getting closer to 20 to $25 million of cap space that the Leafs are going to have the ability to throw around um, coming into this off season. Uh, if nothing else changes, Samsonov, I guess, is another one coming yeah. off the books technically. Uh, and with the way this season is gone, I can't imagine he's on the priority list right now, but like, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, but anyways, you know, this is a, this is the type of off season and this is probably the reason why, 
uh, Nylander's contract hasn't happened yet is because the management wanted to know what that number was going to be. Yeah. And now that they now that they know what that number is going to be, they can really kind of nail down a few other things. And Nylander, I think at this point, is just a matter of days, weeks, until we finally see that extension. But that does make a lot more sense. That This is probably that moment that they were really waiting for uh, to nail down what that number is going to be. They might have even had some scenarios. Um, hey, if the cap goes to this, we'll give you this. If the cap goes to this, we'll sign for this. Yeah, Something along those lines, I'm guessing. So they probably had this scenario worked out. Now it's just a matter of kind of nailing it down and, and signing that piece of paper. And uh, I, I think that that's been the plan all along. I can't imagine with the way Nylander's played this year that it won't happen at this point. I mean, he's he's more or less been the MVP of the team uh, outside of, you know, what have you done for me lately? These last several games since the Sweden trip, uh, he's been okay. Uh, but I'm not going to hold that against him. He had an unbelievable first, what, 17, 18, 19 games. So we'll, I'm not going to say he's not playing good enough, but uh, – you know, I think that's just a matter of time now. Yeah, I do think it's a matter of time myself. And I look at uh, William Nylander and I say, has there been a big contract? The Nylander has been one of these topics before, but Marner, Matthews for a little bit. It doesn't seem, unless I'm not submerged in the right media vacuum here, it doesn't seem like the panic is there. It really seems like everyone knows that Nylander is going to sign and be signed. So it's not. It's it was like the Matthews thing this time, where everybody kind of knew he was staying. wasn't a panic. I feel the same way about Nylander. And I don't know if that's just me being naive, but I really feel like he already knows he wants to be here. The Leafs know he wants to be here. They're just like you said, waiting on a number. And when they get to their number, they're fine with that. They'll sign it. They'll get it done. He's already he's already doing endorsements. He's already doing yeah. all sorts of stuff. Like with Rogers, we haven't seen. Like every every single season now, he's had new endorsements. He had that one with that insurance company uh, last year, oh, where he yeah. was taking huge slap shots uh, on the ice, and he was, you know, that that was a good commercial. Um, and he was in. Now he's in this Rogers one with the the you know the, the subway yeah. joke, the subway joke, and um, and I only imagine more on the way for him, and especially if he signs on that dotted line, you imagine how many people are going to be lined up to get William Nylander on some marketing campaigns. My goodness, uh, that guy's going to be busy. So uh, he's, I, I feel the same way. I feel like uh, he, he's been here his whole career. I, I, I get the sense that he really does want to be here. Yeah. They've treated, they've treated him like a King, that whole Sweden trip. Like, I don't know if you watched, um, I always like to watch the, Maple Leafs blueprint on YouTube. There. I didn't get to see the Swedish one yet. Yeah, it's really good. And I mean, just to show how much they celebrated him, uh, he was very much the center point, a centerpiece of that entire trip. Even though there's four other guys, there's Yarncroke and Legison and Lilligren and uh, Klingberg, I guess, even though he wasn't really featured much there. <laughs> um, but, you know, there are other Swedish guys on the team, but he was very much the center focus on that entire trip. And I think he was loving it. Uh, and the fact that they gave that to him and uh, I, you know what, I just think that this, he loves the market. I think he loves the team and I think he wants to win uh, yeah. as, as a leaf. I really do believe that. And uh, the way he's played this year has shown that as well. Well, we'll see soon what his deal will be. And obviously now the Maple Leafs have clarity on the cap and gives us a little clarity too, because we also know now that subsequent seasons, the cap is going to be going up between four to $5 million, if not more, which is great. Um, so things that we've been talking about since the summertime, Clark, especially me and yourself, 
where we said, hey, guys, calm down. You know, the cap is going to go up, and everybody's, like, throwing their arms up. Like, how do you know? How do you know? No one, it keeps going up a million. That's all it's going up is a million. Well, now we know 4.1, and it'll keep going up from there. It'll go up again next year, another 4.1. So all of these doom and gloom scenarios for the Maple Leafs maybe uh, finally starting to ease their way out the window, um, which Kyle Dubas kind of had himself set up for when all the stuff went down with the pandemic, obviously. If we were where we were supposed to be, the Leafs would not be in such a cap crunch. But nonetheless, cap going up, we're pumped for it. Something we're pumped for for tomorrow is the Battle of Ontario. And you know what? They always say revenge is a dish best served cold. And what colder than a fresh sheet of ice for the Battle of Ontario to serve up some revenge to Ottawa, who put the boots to us last time. And I'm looking forward to this one, man. I'm looking forward to... You know, a third line that's rolling for the Maple Leafs, which got rolling, by the way, in that very Ottawa game where Domi connected with Robertson. Um, They didn't win, but I'm looking forward to seeing Nylander on the top line, getting some stuff done. Matthews getting off the schneid a little bit more. I know we got two last game, guys, but I want to see more from AM34. And I want to see Mitchie. Mitchie, stir the drink, man. Do some things. But this whole team, man, I think it's going to be something fun tomorrow night. I was talking to our buddy John Trotche, the PA voice for the Senators, and you know he's fired up for it too. He thinks it's going to be a fun matchup. There's going to be some physicality. Obviously, Ottawa's been, uh, how shall we say it, um, a bit of dinks lately? <laughs> I wasn't sure where you were going with that. <laughs> the way they've been acting, you know. I know that the term dinks right now is referred to somebody else uh, with these millennial young people thing going on. Yeah, I sound old right now. You do but, sound old. You're making but, yourself sound old. You're doing it to yourself. It's okay. I'm tired. Guys, I'm tired. Look, I for crying out loud, I still got paint on my hands. I've been yeah. building the cottage and getting it done. So, yeah, I came straight from the cottage, had literally cooked two pork chops, said 10 words to my wife, and jumped on a podcast with Clark. So I'm more, I'm more important. I'm more important. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't don't tell it. Don't tell her I said that. <laughs> um, I was joking. Yeah. Um, I look at it and say, tomorrow's game is going to be fun. I want to see Ryan Reeves and Tuchuk go at it. I want to see Burt get nasty. I like when the guys come together too. It seems like there's more passion in the scrums again, especially in that Boston game. They were getting nasty. Gio was really getting under everybody's skin before he got injured, but it seems like they just kind of picked up that mantle and said, hey, we're going to run with this too. And what I say to you guys at the beginning of the season, the first three games, at least were like that. And they were very effective against the teams they played against because they was one for all and all for one. They were going after guys at the net, protecting the goaltender, protecting each other. And that's what you need, especially against a team like the Senators who are pesky little bastards. I think it's going to be a game that you need to have that ability to go back at them because that's what they do. Yeah. Very well. And you know what? One thing I really liked. So again, I talked about the blueprint earlier in this a couple minutes ago. Uh, one of the uh, first blueprints, I think, was the kind of it was media day um, and it was Max Domi. It was very much centered around Max Domi because, you know, he was coming home to his, you know, his dad's team and all this stuff. He's putting on the jersey for the first time. And um, they, they were showing a few of the questions that he got asked. And they said, um, I think it was like even that bar down clip. And they're like, who is uh, the team you hated the most growing up? And his answer was the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Max Domi hated the Ottawa Senators because when he was a kid, 
and when you and I were younger gentlemen, uh, <laughs> the Ottawa Senators, that was the peak of the rivalry. Yeah. Like there wasn't anyone close. Montreal wasn't close at that point. Boston wasn't close because remember Boston was really bad for a while, <laughs> yep. uh, and it was it was the Leafs and the Senators. And um, Max Domi holds that, and that's awesome. I love that, and I would love to see Max Domi have just the best night of his season uh, against the team that he hates the most. And I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And and we've seen Max Domi get a little bit rougher lately, so I wouldn't mind getting seeing him getting uh, a little bit of his old of his dad's energy, maybe just for a game, or Darcy Tucker's energy for a game. We've seen him uh, getting nasty and rough, Clark. We also seen some sweet mitts in yes, the Boston game. That was I mean. a nice first goal of the season. Great first goal of the season, and if we can, you know, maybe he maybe he's out there and gets a little bit extra ice time. Maybe he gets a couple of goals uh, in, in the one in the game tomorrow night. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm I'm going to keep my eye on Max Domi for this Battle of Ontario specifically. But uh, you know, all the guys, I, Ryan Reeves. I I think we're kind of getting to a point now in the season. We've talked about him probably more than he probably needs to be talked about um, on this show, <laughs> but like for a reason. Um, yeah. He was brought he was brought in to do a job and. He did it for a little bit at the beginning of the season and kind of hasn't really done that job. Uh, so at this point now, uh, you know, my good buddy and uh, shout out Leafs fan MD Massimo, yep. uh, Massimo DeFranco, he is uh, on board the uh, what is Ryan Reeves doing here train. Uh, and he's been not shy to say that. And, um, you know, like we're 20, 21 games into the season now and we're seeing Ryan Reeves play like six minutes a night and now not playing talk- in the third period at all. No. And we talked about that as a possibility and definitely something that we anticipated uh, yeah. be- at the beginning of the season. Um, but they're not even giving him a chance to do what he's brought in to do. Like he's not out there enough to really, we talk about like, Oh, well guys aren't going to take cheap sheep shots uh, when Ryan Reeves is on the ice and, but he's never on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> so how is he supposed to go fight Brad Marchand if he's never getting put on the ice to go do it? I will uh, say he the, gave him a pretty good rub on Saturday night. Sure. And, and you know what? The, that's great. Um, but at the same time, if you're going to have a player that has a job, you have to allow him to do the job. Oh, I, or, I agree with you fully full heart. Or I am kind of leaning now to seeing more of Bobby McMahon because that guy makes that fourth line an entirely different line. It's a, it goes back to what they kind of were last year where they're kind of a speedier, um, grindier fourth line uh, with Gregor and camp. And we talk, we talk at length about how we're all like in Noah Gregor this year. Uh, and Bobby McMahon kind of fits that style. But if you're going to yeah. have Ryan Reeves um, and you know, he's on the bench doing nothing uh, then it's almost like, hey, we, we, what are we doing here? Let's put Bobby McMahon in. I'm kind of leaning towards that at this point. If they're not going to use Ryan Reeves, then do something else. But so he's going to be in the lineup, right? They're, 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 they're kind of showing us that he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow. So let's see it. I want to see it. Let's do something here. So, Revo, I know you listen. Go yes. do something. Go, Go do something well, tomorrow and night. I, I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to say Sheldon Keefe, utilize the guy for what he's supposed to be utilized for. Get him out there a little well, bit. So here's we can the thing. It up. Sheldon Keefe made this a very big point last week, and I liked what he said, and nobody in the media picked it up, and nobody brought it out and trumpeted it. He said, if you want to play, show me you want to play. Play well, and you will play more. Yep. Ryan Reeves, play well in the minutes you are given. Noah Gregor is not given very many minutes, but he shows you what he can do, which gives him more 
minutes. So oh, yeah. when you have an opportunity, do something. Lay the body. Do just get out there. Be the giant asshole you are supposed to be to the other team. Just do yeah. something. Yeah, and we saw Noah Gregor in overtime, and we saw Noah Gregor in the shootout. Like he Our is, boy. he is earning. Yep, he filled in on the power play that one time. So like he is earning it, and I love to see it again. I've said it a couple times, but Western Canadian boy, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. Every Played time I the, hear Noah Gregor's name, I think of you, buddy. Down I the do. road in Moose Jaw, good old, good old WHL boy. Uh, no, he won a championship in PA just up the road. So um, no, he's a, he's a good kid, but um, you know he's he's earning it, like you said. And and now it's time. I think I hate to say with Ryan Reeves, he's on, you know he's on a three year deal and he's a veteran of the league and very well respected. But at this point, like we got to start seeing him kind of earn his. Earn no his better dress. way to like, do it. He's got to earn. Florida. He's got to earn the ability to get to play. <laughs> like that's where we're yeah. at now. It's not even earn the ability to get on the ice. He's got to earn the ability to stay in the lineup. That's where we're at. I feel like with Ryan Reeves. And again, we anticipated this. We talked about this before the season. Yeah. Um, and we'll see where it goes from here. But it's Battle of Ontario. What better time? Yeah. That's what better way to step in and really? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of eyes because it's going to be a game that's able to be seen by everyone, yeah. especially as folks out here out east, because yeah. we are in the Ottawa viewing region. So let's go set a tone, make a move, make a mark, whatever you want to call it, Ryan Reeves, pound somebody's face, get into Chuck's, shut him down, do the beat somebody up and point to the bicep and get us all fired up again. Yeah. Just do, do something it. WWE-ish tomorrow night. But just don't take extra penalties. That's all I don't need yeah. you to do. But yeah, we'll lead do to this part here. For the end of the show, Clark, I want to know, we're at the quarter mark right now of the season. Who is your MVP so far? I think you alluded to it already earlier. But who is your so far MVP? You can what's go the, the easy road or the hard road. What's the video coach's name again? The guy who's getting us all those reviews? Oh, my <laughs> God. That guy. Double no, touch, no, no, no. Uh, I think I know where you're going to go, so I will probably go with the easy route right now. I'm going to go with William Elander, and and for the for the simple fact that for a couple of reasons, and I'm not going to say just because he had the huge point streak. Yeah. Obviously, yes, that's a huge uh, huge reason. He's out there in very important minutes. He's showing that he has so many new facets of his game that he's just dominating so many so many nights. His speed is. The ability that he has, and I've I've watched him closely. Obviously, how how can't you this year? He's such a huge part of the team. Uh, but to watch him go slow to lull the guy, he's a, like the one on one matchup he's about to go into, whether it's a defenseman or a forward. He slows down, and then he's able to just beat you wide every time. And he's so good at it this year. I don't know if he worked on that in the offseason or if it's just been something he's slowly developed over time. But the ability that he has to slow a guy down and then just Beat him with his speed uh, has been so impressive this year. Uh, in overtime, he's lethal because if he gets the puck, you don't know what he's going to do with it. Um, and more often than not, he gets a good scoring chance out of it. Um, but one other thing, James, that I, I think is a little bit underrated in the narrative this year is how big of a distraction he was leading into the year with everybody talking about his contract. And I feel yeah. like that distraction has been discontinued because yep. of his play and he shut everybody up because he's in a contract year and he's performing well. Now, had he not been performing well, there would have been a huge distraction this entire season so far talking about 
Leafs trading William Nylander, trade William Nylander, get rid of him, not don't give him the extension because everyone would have been nervous about it. But because he's played so well, the nerves might have gone the other way. Now they're going to have to pay him too much. But I feel like there has been, maybe I'm uh, in the minority here, but I feel like there has been just a lull among the the nerves of Leaf fans of him. I said uh, the same thing earlier. The, dis- the distraction has slowed down. It's quieted. We don't hear about it. Uh, and that's been, I think, really important for the team as a whole because you're not getting guys asking about it in the media every single night. You're not getting his teammates maybe trying to feed him more because he's controlling it so much and so well. Um, you're not getting you know, other guys on the team getting – um, hey, what do you think about Willie's future type of stuff? You know, like that stuff's gone. It's just not even there. So I think he's the MVP for a few reasons on the ice, but off the ice, I think he's also been the MVP in, in several different ways as well. I'll add the um, the thing too from the summertime where Elliot Friedman really tried to grill him. And he point blank told him, I like being in Toronto. Yeah, I don't see why everybody's worried. I have a year left on my deal. I'm here, I want to play in Toronto, and I want to win in Toronto. I don't have interest in going anywhere else. And that's where he wanted to leave it. So I think that really shut down a lot of things for people too. He wasn't interested. A lot of guys, him and Ha, and they say, oh, it'll, it'll all play out with my manager and, you know, the GM. And, you know, if they don't figure it out, then we'll figure it out from there. He just dispelled all that and said, I want to be here. They'll figure that out, how I get to stay here and, We'll move forward. That's it. Yeah. He didn't want to say anything else about it. And I like that. For me, I love William Nylander and I love all the big stars, but I love the brick wall. Yeah. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> I, I was going to go with Joseph Wall. And I had said, I'm no, in my head, I'm like, James is going to pick Joseph Wall. So I'm not going to do it. Well, you know me. I've been on the wall train for what, three years now. Yeah. Um, love every time he got called up. He's eight and five. Uh, sorry, eight, five and one. Um, he's got a goals against average of 282, 915 save percentage. Why do I bring that up? The 915 save percentage is way above league average. Do you know what league average goaltending is right now in the NHL this season? No, I have 90, 90, what would it, 904, 905, somewhere? 899. 899. Oh my God. 899. And if you want to, if you want to round it up by going through, you can go to 900, but it's basically 899, 900 is what it is. Um, That was shown to me today. And I'm like, well, we have a goaltender right now, a young goaltender, by the way, with a 915 save percentage. Uh, A lot of Leafs Nation is on his tail um, for the giving up leads. Hi, guys. He's playing with a defense that really kind of shuts down on him for some reason in the third period. Is there some goals he should have? Yes. Is he also a rookie who last I checked, I do believe, has only played, um, what, 25 career NHL games? Just putting that out there. Let me say it again. 25 NHL career games. He's now pretty much anointed the starter for the Toronto Maple Leafs in his rookie season. Oh, and there's been some nice accolades thrown his way by a guy named Carey Price um, saying things nicely about Joe Wool. And I'm going to say this guy right here, it is hard enough to be a player in Toronto. It's even harder to be a goaltender because everything you do is under a microscope because that is your net to tend. And every puck that goes in, you are dissected by every single move you make on and off the ice. And this guy has handled it, cool as a cucumber. 
You've seen him at the card show signing the brick. Shout out our boy, D434, Dylan Fournier, for that beautiful video. By the way, TSN, give the man his flowers. If yeah, you're honestly. Clip, I felt dirty. <laughs> I was like, I, I know dirty. where that clip came from. It's yeah. on my phone. I was like, Jesus, Murphy, guys. Come on, just put his little tagger down there. Just give the guys okay. some love. Jay yeah. Onright did. A bunch of others did. But anyways, but no, Joel Wolf for me has got to be an MVP. He's come in and stabilized the goaltending position. The team seems to play more confidently in front of him. They have a, a more poised and relaxed style when he's between the pipes. And when it comes down to making 10 bell saves, hi, Gary, the myth of hockey over on TikTok. I'm talking to you. Yes, he does make 10 bell saves. Yes, he does have cat-like reflexes. And yes, he is doing things that we haven't seen in the Leafs crease in a long time. And I'm loving the guy, man. If it wasn't for him, the Boston game would have been way out of hand. He made some amazing saves and kept that game where it needed to be and got the Leafs a point. And I know people will say, well, it shouldn't have been that score to begin with. Guess what? He kept us where we needed to be, which was striking distance. The Leafs got it done with five seconds, went to OT, picked up a point. I'm all over it. Joe Wool, you're my quarter of the season MVP. Yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, you know, especially with the struggles that we've seen from from Samsonov this season, uh, for him to be able to come in and just be so stabilizing. Uh, and, you know, one thing, we, we talked about it really, like right at the beginning of the show here, James, too. Like we talked about his defense maybe not being super great in front of him some nights, too. But, like, again, they've had four of their starting six or seven defensemen out for a good majority of the season so far, and they're still doing okay. Like, if you give me any team, any top team, Vegas, Tampa, Boston, if you take out four of their top six or seven defensemen for the first, what is it now, three months of the season, uh, they're going to struggle a little bit. Um, so like, that's not overly surprising to me that they haven't found that consistency yet with, with Lily Grin out and with McCabe out for as long as he was. And now Geo's out and, um, go down the list. Uh, well, you hear so- what Mitch Marner said and Jeff Merrick, uh, kind of regurgitated on a show what was said. And he's like, you know, what's funny is any other team had three or four of their top six defensemen out. They would be called gritty and grinding and they're yeah. getting the points and they're still in the churn. They're still, they're battling really hard. And everybody says, well, the Leafs, no, they're just, they're losing points and they're losing ground and they're not doing so well. And Mitch Marner's like, so any other team, they're, they're playing that gritty grindy style of hockey and getting points and really pulling together as a team. Everybody's saying the Leafs aren't doing that great. I agree with Mitch. I actually agree with him on this. I, I think mm-hmm. the Leafs are grinding it out. They're picking up points. They're finding ways to still add to the total at the points at the end of the night, which is what you need to do. And uh, I do think it's a gutsy, and I do think it's grindy what their Leafs are doing. So, yeah, if you guys aren't on that train and you're you're all upset the Leafs aren't collecting points, please look at the fact that McCabe has been out, Klingberg has been out, Timmons has been out, Lilligren's been out, Giordano's been out, Brody's missed a game. So we're yeah. up to six defensemen who have missed, missed games. That's only leaving Morgan Riley as the regular. Yeah, and I mean, he's been great. So Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. we all know that when you stretch things too far, what happens? Exactly. And and that's, I think, another reason why, you know, one of those moves, I think, sooner than later, and we've heard Tree Living say, it's going to be a defenseman. Uh, and, you know, that's coming, I think, sooner than 
sooner than later because uh, you know we are in December now. There is a trade freeze coming up, and I have a feeling that he's going to want to get something done before that trade freeze. But we'll see. We'll see. It's coming. Something's coming. Cannot wait. Maybe on the least weekend or on Sunday night, we'll find out. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm James Roberts. That's Clark Monroe. And this right here is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey, well, they come to talk.